Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast, where we help business owners connect to their profits and earn their freedom. Join us as we discuss ways you can grow your small business, build your wealth, and help others along the way. Here's your host, Dan Cotton. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Next Generation People and Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and we are sitting down for a relatively unorthodox episode. Uh, We are actually um, on a little vacation, a quick impromptu uh, go to the Oregon coast, and needed to record an episode. And so I am here with my beautiful wife and business partner, Tori Cotton, and we are going to be chatting about owning a business uh, or working with your spouse. Um, and she is super excited. Uh, so didn't, excited. Didn't warn her at all. Uh, I actually looked over at her today and I said, so are you excited? And she went, for what? <laughs> <laughs> and I said to be on my podcast. Uh, and she was like, wait, what? So uh, here we are. And uh, yeah, we're just going to get go- going. So um, Tori, mm, everyone yes. knows who I am. Uh, So will you just kind of introduce yourself and how long you've been in the cheer world, how long you've owned a gym, and just a little bit of a background on who you are? Sure. Uh, I, much like all of us, started cheer as an athlete um, in high school, and I cheered all four years uh, of my high school career. And um, up in the Pacific Northwest, all-star cheer didn't become a thing until I was like a junior in high school. So, um, I didn't participate in anything, uh, all-star until I was actually out of high school and post doing anything athletic for like two or three years. Then I was asked to be on an all girl college team. Um, so my, uh, kind of entirety or tenure in cheer is based more off of coaching and administration than it is really being an athlete and having a bunch of like athletic accolades to uh, put in my backpack or on my resume. In terms of how I got started in cheer as like a coaching professional, this is actually sadly enough to admit my 20th season as a coach, which makes me feel so old. Wow, me too now. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so I started coaching when I was 17. Um, I started coaching like a mini all-star team, uh, in Albany, Oregon, which is like as pretty much as podunk as you can get, um, very country kind of town. And, um, we were just a super little gym and then uh, bigger gym bought our program and I ended up continuing on with that program and then moved to the bigger gym. Um, in the Portland area when I went up there to finish my master's in education. Um, So I have a master's in elementary education and early childhood development, and that was kind of what I was thought I was destined to do. And then she met me. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I fell in love with less cheer and more the community that cheer brought to my life. Um, So instead of being like a coach that's all about coaching and like, just being number one in all of my divisions. Um, my purpose and cheer is the community it brings into my life and the community I can bring into my athletes lives and the families that are in my gym. Um, I've been a gym owner for this is year 
officially 10, like yeah. officially owning the business with Dan for 10 years. Um, January 9th of 2022 was yep. our actual 10 year date. Um, but I was like a, a handshake owner of the prior business that we ended up buying um, for like a year and a half prior to that. Um, not on paper, not taking any extra revenue home except for the end of the cash deposit that week was split three ways. <laughs> so I got my third of I the cash. Yeah. Um, but I've done, um, as any gym owner starts out in the business, it, at least the majority of gym owners start out in the business, I was somebody else's right hand. And I did everything that the business was um, growing up in cheer and then decided I don't love the way you do everything. And I've learned a lot of great lessons of how to do it and how not to do it. And um, fortunately enough for Dan and I, uh, the previous owner, um, while he built a really strong brand in the community, um, had other passions that he was pursuing and so um and had always said the only person he would sell his business to was me um because i was his right hand so we had kind of a cash influx from dan's uh year in iraq and we made a proposition and four months later signed a contract and 10 years later here we are so Thank you for that little flash uh, down memory lane, that You're little welcome. trip. Um, and yeah, so what do you think is, well, actually, let's, let's rephrase. Earlier today, as I was talking about doing this podcast, we were actually, so we're sitting out on a deck. Like it's nine o'clock at night, Tori's bundled up. Uh, we planned on doing this when it was beautiful and sunny out. And then, you know, technical difficulties delayed us a little bit. AKA so, three children. Yes. Uh, so here we are. It's late at night and we are uh, out here on the deck chatting and we were, we were setting everything up and, and talking about it. And you had mentioned um, how there was a point in time in our business where this little impromptu trip wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of husband, wife owners, that's even more, more significant uh because there's like if either if we're both gone like that's a big yeah a big amount of staff that's gone so um you had mentioned kind of wanting to chat about that and kind of where we're at now so you know in your mind what makes it possible for us to even be here and kind of last minute just go you know what let's go let's go to the coast because the gym's open right now there are classes running tonight Mm -hmm. yeah Um, I mean, I think two things are probably the biggest and I can tell you, I mean, from sitting in my first like business consulting classes, which was not with next gen next gen actually was like, I mean, for lack of a better analogy, a spawn of this first experience we had with business consulting. Um, I was always that person that was like, man, I would love that to be me, but I can never see it happening. And not because you and I weren't capable of getting there, um, but just because you always think that you're the the exception. You think that you're either going to make it above and beyond what everybody can, or you think you're never going to be what everybody else seems to be rising to. Um, I feel like it's harder to picture yourself just falling in the middle. So um, for me, uh, I'm super competitive, but I also... I mean, as much as I hate to admit it, I don't always have faith in myself. (laughs) 
Um, so I think that I always uh, fell to the, I'm never going to be able to let anybody do that in my business. I'm never going to be able to hand the keys like that over to somebody because they're just not that person, you know? And you always joke like, I wish I could find a me, like who I was yep. to our, like the previous owner of what now is our brand. Um, I need that person and I can never find that person. And we went through several people trying yep. to find that person. Several times where we were like, we found them. Yeah. It's them. And then it didn't turn out to be we, them. At it wasn't. All. <laughs> uh, um, I think the two biggest things. So uh, we're kind of dancing around the, the real question. Uh, the two biggest things are, is your business set up to succeed without you in regards to the day to day? How does it function? So like systems of not just opening and closing, but like who's going to be the person that talks to the people who's going to be the person that runs the classes that the people come to, who's going to be the person that makes sure the facility looks the way it's supposed to look when the people come, like all of the little, all of the little pieces have to be accounted for. So systemizing the business in a capacity that allows you to for somebody uh, somebody else to replicate what you want it to be while right. you're not there right? right so building those systems and i think what where i got hung up with systemizing was not having to take it on all myself like i didn't have to be the system creator for right. everything right right i mean it started that way like you're, sure. you're the person that creates all the systems in the beginning but um having people that can also do those tasks um, and they create a system. And then obviously you look at their system and make amendments or revisions um, per what your expectation is. So having the systems built so people can do your business without you there and then having the people to do the systems when you're not there are the two biggest things that allow us to do these kind of impromptu go away for two days with the kids is are there are there people to do the job and is the job manageable for those people? Right. And you know, when, when we first were starting to take some time, like I, I, I used to always joke, we take one vacation a year and it would be like when we would go with my family to the coast and right. we would go for like three or four days. And that was our like one vacation a year. And it never was a true vacation because we would always get messages. And there was always drama and things going on. Always. And like, I remember a year I had to drive back in yeah. the middle of vacation to cover a class that didn't get covered. Yep. Yep. So it was like, it was always a mess and, and not a mess, but like we were running as best we could, but part of it was we hadn't found the right people. We hadn't built the right systems. And now we're in that position where, and look, anyone can go from being super successful to things being rough. Like if we lost a couple of our key staff, we would be right back in that same position. So I don't, I'm not going to sit here on our high horse and be like, Oh, we're just crushing the game. Um, because we don't have that like secession line. Like we don't have someone, if our, if our class director leaves, like we're not necessarily set up to like just seamlessly promote the next person. Or no. if our, you know, front desk people who we've really spent a lot of time building just recently, who have been a huge difference maker. If, you know, one of them, especially Carrie in particular, like just bounced out, that'd be a hard yeah. role to fill. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I can remember how we were just like, we took one vacation a year and now we're at this point where, you know, we were able to take our little trip to Jamaica in December mm -hmm. and, 
uh, this little vacation, and then we're going to fly to Daytona to go to, uh, to NCAA Nationals to just support our kids. So uh, I think if there is a message there, right, like it's you can do it. Right, for sure. Um, so now getting to the, the spouse stuff, which I think is the, the juicy things, uh, <laughs> the more fun stuff, because um, there are, I mean, I meet a lot of gym owners that work directly with their spouse or their spouse is somehow involved. And even if you're not working in the business with your spouse, um, as an entrepreneur, as a gym owner, especially like your spouse is along for the ride and there is a lot to understand about that. Um, and I've always said, you know, I can't imagine anyone not in cheer staying married to me because they just wouldn't get my level of crazy about what we do. Um, she's smiling and shaking her head for those. Of you I could marry someone else, but he definitely couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's like they're along for the journey no matter what. So that all said, what would you say is the best thing about owning a business with your spouse, running a business with your spouse? I dropped this question on her. Everyone. Yeah. That's like, I've picked the one best thing or the best things. There's just, what do you, what do you enjoy about it? What do you like about it? Um, I mean, so this she is, has to be complimentary cause I'm sitting right here. Right. <laughs> this is kind of, I mean, it's, it honestly is like any given day. Right. I mean, I think one of my favorite things is as much as like you have to have Dan and I don't have like a blueprint for like, this is when we don't talk about business and this is when we do talk about business um, at all. To be honest with you, we have never drawn those lines in any sort of sand. Um, So we've never even actually until right now said that out loud. Like we're not going to talk about cheer at any point Um, because we are the type of people where, yes, we're business owners and every day we're getting closer and closer to truly running our business like a business instead of something that we just grew out of the ground and we love so much, you know. Um, but I think one of my favorite things is I can at any point during the day um, be able to like talk about my passion yep. with somebody who totally understands it and totally understands me and can appreciate both where I'm coming from and where I get my passion from for that thing. Yep. You know, like it, if it were, you know, if, and I kind of get, have the best of both worlds cause he also has another career, but like, I know there's a lot of business owners or cheer gym owners that they own the business and run the business. And then their partner or spouse is, otherwise employed but like you said like kind of along for the ride or has money invested and so is financially interested in it or or what have you but they don't have the same necessarily necessarily passion for the business so one of my favorite things about owning the gym with dan is that i can at any point even if he's like shooting on the range for his other job text him and be like hey I have this idea and I need you to like brainchild it with me. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, um, Tori always 
has something come up when I'm at the range. Always. Like we've had some of the worst news come when we were when I was at the range, and we've had some great ideas and good news come when I've been at the range. So like I don't know what it is. I love going to the range, but if Tori calls me when I'm at the range, it's always a like, mm, do I want to answer this phone call? Um, yeah, I I would have to agree with that. To, um, and. I think there's maybe a deeper side we can go to in terms of like the owning the business side of it, but for sure the sharing of the passion, because I, as I mentioned, like no one would understand my crazy and like, I am kind of crazy as a coach about what about cheer. And, um, you know, it's that you, all of you listening might hear either one of us get emotional at some point in time. So just be prepared. Um, but like, you can't understand the struggle. Yeah. Like unless you're really in it. Right. And you know, for me to be able to, to be at a competition and I'll just use our most recent one kind of as an example, but like be in that moment where my, one of my teams had struggled all year long. Our scores had never been what they were supposed to be. What I believed they should be. And like we had on our last day at our last event, like finally got, the score that like we felt I felt we deserved and uh Tori got to be the one to tell me like she got the email and she got to come over and like was so excited and I got to tell the kid like I got to hear that and before I told the kids like I literally had to walk away because I was like ready to to cry of like just sheer relief of like finally like all of the extra practices, all of the redoing the routine. This team's never competed the same routine twice. Um, redoing the, the routine of with the same group of kids. <laughs> like, um, and, you know, to walk away and, like, be holding back those tears and have her come up and hug me from the side and, you know, just understand that we did it and understand what that meant uh, is such an amazing, like, attribute to our relationship because – I don't think that anyone not in it, anyone who's really not living it would be able to truly like get that. Right. Like for sure. If I go to work and tell my coworkers like, Oh, we finally scored a 95. They're like, Oh, good. Good job. Is that good? Well, Um, and I mean, even somebody from like, I mean, anybody in the industry, like, I mean, we, we communicate on a very regular basis about scores and routines and we consult and review a lot with like Shelly from five star. And she, I think is, kind of a bad example because she kind of shares our crazy and we've known her for almost two decades so she's more invested in our program than like just another coach from another program that you meet along the way but like dan saying that to shelly like we like vanity finally got the score like they've been working for and i believe they earned and deserve all year like there's some level of pride in that for her because she's contributed on some basis yep. to feedback or video review or, you know, score sheet review with, with Dan himself. But like being able to like owning a business and cheer gym owners in general is you have to forgive the cars driving around such a emotional roller coaster. Yep. Like the highs are so incredibly high and the lows can be treacherous and um, being able to live those every day with my business partner and my spouse is like it takes being a business owner to a new level in terms of 
that relationship but it also takes like our marriage to the next level because we're not just experiencing day-to-day life highs and lows of like our children and our finances and all the things that you regularly feel as a couple but then on top of all of those we have this whole additional layer of all of the gym family and the gym's finances and the gym's success or or the gym's need for success or whatever that might mean um yeah, I, and I mentioned there's, like, a deeper level, and it's funny. I'm thinking through some of the other, like, the positives of, like, owning a gym with your spouse. And what's funny is that as I think through them, I'm like, well, that could also be a negative, right? right? Like, they are, that's why I said that's kind of hard. They, they, either, <laughs> they literally can go either way. It's based off how you, how you manage them, right? Like, you know, the fact that you always have access to someone to talk about the business with, and, like, they're just always there. Like, literally, we can... I can roll over in bed at 11 o'clock at night and be like, I have an idea. Right. Right. And if you're not, you know, in a relationship with the person that you own your business with, it's, it's a little more challenging. I think that the other, one of the big positives too is, you know, if you have a healthy relationship, you, you know, each other on a different level and you can kind of anticipate and understand what each other's strengths are and weaknesses are. And, um, it's a little easier to cover down for those things um, because you're already in a long-term partnership with your marriage, right. with your relationship. And so the, the business is just kind of an add on. Um, all right. So getting out of the fun stuff, right? Like what are in your mind, some of the biggest challenges to owning a business with your spouse? And if you have them, your best advice for how to like work through those challenges. I mean, my biggest challenge in owning a business with my spouse is... The fact that it's me. No. (laughs) (laughs) Is that he's crazy. (laughs) I said no cursing. I didn't curse. I bleeped it out. I was a good girl. (laughs) Um, Is that, y'all? Just the filtering. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Um, My biggest thing is I... um, And I don't know if it's all people... Or if it's just because I was raised the way I was raised, but I'm definitely like 100% a daddy's girl. Like 100%. I could make my mom mad at me every day of the week, time seven, and it not bother me. But if I disappointed my dad, it was like world ending. And for some reason, Dan has that same ability to just completely cave me in if I feel like I'm going to disappoint him. Um, So my biggest, like the hardest thing or biggest challenge in owning the business so far with him is having to admit to either my fault in making a really bad decision for the business or having to deliver news of something that was really hard for our business or hard on our business or, you know, those really tough moments because, and not because I felt like they, we couldn't overcome them as a couple or as a business, but because I do like the last thing on earth I want to do is let him down. So delivering that news or being a part of that news or having to admit to my fault in that news is, has been challenging. Um, and I mean, it's, there's been a couple times where it's not, been positive <laughs> like that's on our correct. business or our marriage yeah for sure um so i think that that's probably the biggest challenge and i still like again i don't know 
if that's like a standard answer for like owning a business with your spouse of like that is challenging um, more than it's just like that's my personal challenge because well, I think- in our relationship – that is like one of my harder things is I, yeah. I don't want to let Dan down. I don't want to disappoint him. And so having to, I, I think what you're getting at though, in, in terms of something that can apply to everyone. And I, I told you, if you're listening, it was going to get maybe raw and emotional um, is that I think everyone has to balance the fact that owning a business is not always going to be rainbows and sunshine. And when you own it with your spouse, how do you make it so you don't, let things that are maybe going wrong in the in the business or disagreements within the business or challenges within the business how do you get it to that point where you you know the negative is not letting it affect your marriage and it's it's borderline impossible yeah um you know i mean and that was the piece where i was saying it's kind of positive and negative that i can talk to you about cheer and the business all the time because Sometimes you do need to have that line of like, well, we need to, we need to pump the brakes and we need to not chat about business anymore yeah. because I need a break or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the, the, re- the reality is the only time in our marriage I've ever slept on the couch because I needed that space had to do with something within our business and something that went wrong and, and something that was my fault. And it was a, it wasn't a great experience, but at the same time, like if you, if you manage those things well and you have good abilities to communicate, like you can get through those things. Like you're never going to owning a business ever be in that position where you like have no conflict. Right. Right. Well, I think that like you had asked, so what my, what the biggest challenge or challenges were, um, and then my advice on like how to navigate that and, or deal with it or cope with it, it, or prevent it um, with the prevention of that and, you know, that ability to separate the two or, you know, manage expectations within your marriage separately than your business and, and all that kind of stuff would be to, I talk a whole lot and I talk super fast. So it's really funny when I admit that like communication is not my strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh communicating and something that I literally on a daily basis have to like coach myself in my head in is okay. It's hard. It's hard now to say this to somebody, whoever it might be like, whether I'm delivering, like you don't get to be the center flyer or you're not meeting my expectations as a coach or, you know, whatever the message may be to whoever I'm delivering it to. I literally have to have the conversation in my head with myself of like, it's, it's going to be uncomfortable now, but is it better to address and communicate about it now than a year from now when the problem has grown and is now way bigger and way worse and you're way more resentful about it or they're going to be way more resentful about it and it's going to be even harder then. So like having that conversation with myself and coaching myself like through that, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's like worth having it sooner rather than later kind of talk um that's just good marriage advice in general though right it's like you got to have good communication for sure and when when issues are coming up address them and i think within the business there is also there is that balance but what's also interesting so much of this is that dichotomy of like complete total flip side because there's also as a spousal relationship and business owners there's also times where you have to like go you know what this isn't worth 
fighting about, right? For like, sure. like this is not a hill to die on. So I'm just gonna say okay and and move on. And and it works that way with any business, but I think it's even more so when you own the business with with your spouse um, or you're in a relationship with the person you own your business with. It's like you gotta. Yeah, you, you got to pick re- your battles. Really have to pick your battles for sure because you're not just picking battles about the business. And when you pick battles that have to do with the business, you're taking that battle home with you. Like it doesn't just leave when you leave the business. Right. So you don't lock the door and get a walk away from your business partner and come back to it the next day. You know, you're literally locking the door and either getting in the same car and riding home but in uncomfortable silence or you're riding home in separate cars to come home to uncomfortable silence. So you and really have to choose what you, how you I, I think that. we do have to acknowledge though, that we have the, the fortunate slash unfortunate, right? Like, um, you know, people always ask me how I do everything I do. Like how do, how do I work full time and own the gym and, and do next gen and run dream camps and do all that stuff. And, and really for me, I, I always say this, I say it at conferences. I'm like, you need to get yourself a Tory, right? Like I, it, cause the gym is really the most labor intensive, and in terms of all of those those companies, like, uh, yeah, I mean, with Next Gen, obviously, I couldn't be a part of it without Danielle and Shelly and Rihanna and Justin. Like, they they carry a major part of the company as well. So, I have people to lean on with that. Um, but you just have to like, like for us, we are lucky in that. I get to go to work four days a week for 10 hours. So like we do have separation built in. Like we're not in that position where we both work, for, we're both together all day, every day. Right. Um, and that is a whole nother level of, of owning a business with your spouse that potentially can get unhealthy really quickly. And I know Shelly has talked about when Tom stopped working to just work at the gym. Yeah. She's like, we, he had to go back to work so we didn't get divorced because right. it was going to be, not good us being together all the time, always just on the business. So that is definitely a balance to strike. And if you're in that position, you know, you got to find your healthy escapes because for most people having their me time is important. And that's where you can process. And that's where you can, you know, I think of some of the disagreements we've had, like stupid disagreements about nonsensical things within the business. And, you know, it's like, it's me at work or me in the weight room working out where I'm like, get over it. Or I think of an idea or I think of a solution to the problem. So like, you got to have those outlets too. Like if you own a business with your spouse, like you've got to have times where you're away and free and, and not together and working on the business. My opinion. No, I agree. I, I agree. And I mean that, like you said, we're kind of in a fortunate situation where you do have like your job in law enforcement, which allows us to like have that separation. And I, Dan is like the best way to describe Dan in our business is he is Podcast isn't supposed to be about me. Come on. <laughs> he is like the big picture person who comes up with all the ideas. Like he is the idea man and Love he to come up with ideas. He is the big picture. Like, what does it all mean and how are we gonna all make it be you know, like on brand with where we're taking all of these different companies we're doing right now. 
Um, and I'm more of like the the day to day grind. Not to say that Dan doesn't contribute to the day to day grind because he definitely does. But I'm like I schedule literally every minute in the gym yep. and for staff for floors, for everything. And um, I am the owner that just because he does have another profession and at the end of the day doesn't want to work the second shift every single night, which, like, I don't know why he wouldn't, like, come on. Been there, done that. But I, I'm i at the gym pretty much every night. Um, uh, so I get to attend the majority of our all-star team's practices, and our gym is a little bit more all-star centric than it is anything else but i also get to see the majority of our rec classes running and all of our staff working and be kind of more in it um where dan is a little bit more like i'm kind of still at the point in in our management structure of our business where i'm the person working in the business um day to day and not to say that i don't work on the business but i do more working in the business and dan does more working on the business yeah i, would I say. mean i think that we're finding a better balance yeah. and that i'm growing so and getting more people underneath me that are doing the in the business pieces yes but i'm still more in the business and he's yeah, more I, on the business i think that you know when it comes to our like to odt like there are tons of times people ask me questions where I'm like, you have to ask Tori. Like, I don't, I don't know the answer to that um, at all. Uh, and there are not many questions that people would ask you that yeah. you're like, I don't know. You, you might be like, you should ask Dan. Cause that's like his lane. Like that's yeah. his job, mm -hmm. but you know, like yeah. you, you don't not know unless it's a, can I miss practice from one of my athletes? And you still know, no, you can't. Uh, right. But, there are so many different things where I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I'm getting better at it, yeah. but we have so, so much delegation between like you and now Emily and Eric and Carrie like all, and, and Carrie and all these other people where I'm like, I don't know. You know, I've had people come up and be like, how do I do this in Amelia? And I'm like, I, I don't go into Amelia. I don't do that. Right. So that's not my, that's not my lane. And I happily stay out of it. I know it's taken care of. So I think that that is that's actually an important point, though, for spousal relationships is like you need to have your lanes and you need to yeah. trust your spouse to cover their lanes. Now, when I say Tori knows like she does know, but my lane like within our companies, like my lane is dream camps. Yeah. And there's so much stuff with dream camps that she doesn't know. And nope. she has to ask me um, and she doesn't really get in my business about it. She just goes she knows when like things are hot and heavy and like it's the busy season. She comes, she'll come into the office and go, can I help with anything? Um, but otherwise like stays out of my lane on that. So I think having those separations really helps us. And the fact that I'm not always in your, in your business, yeah. cause I think it would be, you'd get frustrated. And, and we actually tried it for a little bit where I was like, I was more, it was when we were using iClass Pro, like I was in that stuff. And uh, I think you were more frustrated because I was always, it felt like I was always questioning you right. Yeah. of like, well, where is this money or where, yeah. why is this kid's bill not, hasn't been charged? And you're like, they get charged on the 25th, not the 15th. Yeah. Like, it's it's we worked it out and I didn't know how to see it in the, in iClass or whatever the case was. So, um, having those lanes and like really sticking to them, I think is an important thing for any, any spousal relationship and business partners in general and, and business partners in general, right? Like you should trust each other for sure. Um, 
to cover your lanes, but it's going to be even worse when you're married. Yeah. And to the flip side of that, I think it is important to note, and this is never going to be avoidable for sure um, in any business partner relationship, but definitely when you're married is to like remember to not be offended when people ask you questions. And that's something that I, I struggle with a lot. Like I, I, Same. Uh, Dan will ask me a question about something that is totally my lane. And he just is literally wanting to know, like he means no malice or judgment, but he'll ask me and I have to like take that deep breath because in the back of my head, I'm like, why do you need to know that right now? Like what, why is that important to you? Why are you asking me that? And, um, but like, he's my business partner. He should be able to know anything about the business at any point in time that he wants to or needs to know. And I shouldn't question why he needs to know it. Like if he wants to know it, he should be able to know it. Um, and I think that like in a good business partner relationship, you understand that, but even more so like as you know, like it's hard as uh, I, there are definitely times that, I mean, and still honestly, like weekly where he asked me stuff and I'm like, I just wish like, you're my husband. Like, you know that I wouldn't do that. Like, just trust me. And then I'm like, he's not asking you because he's judging you or questioning you. He just needs to know or wants to know, or like wants to know where it's at for like whatever purpose, you know? So she's never snapped at me though, ever. <laughs> um, I don't call what I do snapping. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think that's, that's a very true thing. And, um, and I have to do too, right? Like you have to just understand that just cause they're asking you a question doesn't mean that they're accusing you of anything. Right. And it, again, so much of this is good notes for like a business partner in general, right? You need to have these, these safeguards in place and they understand these things, even if you have a business partner that you're not married to, but it's just exacerbated by the fact that you're in a, in a marital relationship and it's, the stakes are even higher. Oh yeah. 100%. Right. Like it, it, the stakes are even higher in that your business can ruin your marriage. Yeah. And your marriage can okay. ruin your business. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, it's not an easy situation and I'm, I'm sure there's people listening who've potentially been married and then gotten divorced. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, our brand is a lot of it is built around the fact that we are, uh, you know, that's one of our selling points. It's, we're a, a husband and wife owner. We have three kids. They're in the program. Like yeah, our business, literally the back of all of our like core gear that we sell our gym, which is just like the stuff we always have in our pro shop says family first. And like when people come to our gym and I literally had someone that toured the other day while I was there that said, I want to come to a place where I feel, and this is the athlete speaking, not the parents, where I feel like I'm family, where I feel accepted for who I am, no matter what. And I know that people are going to love me because they're my family. And that's, that's literally what we sell in our gym. And so for us, especially knowing that that's like the vision and the brand that we put out there, um, that it would be, it would be not a good situation for our business to have us having all these marital issues. Not and that we're there. No, but no, but, but it, it, it's the, like the stakes are even higher, right? right? Like, and, um, you know, it's funny. The family first thing is such a, it is a core of our business. And I always tell people, I, I tell kids like, they're like, well, you know, it just, it, you know, it seems negative right now. Or like people getting mad at me and like we're family. And I'm like, 
families fight. Right. The the thing that makes you family is you fight and then you move past it, right? You love love each other despite that mistake. Right. And you can be really, really annoyed or mad at each other, but you can still love that person. That's family, right? Like, I don't know any families that don't have disagreements <laughs> or don't have arguments. Right. Um, so I, I find it funny when people are like, well, that's not family. Well, I don't know what family you're in. Yeah. Um, if it's really that great, like... I want to hang out with you on the holidays. Yeah, get a reality show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Teach us how to It'd be do a it. boring reality show. <laughs> um, no one wants that. Um, so what in your mind, this is hard because I like interviewing your spouse is unique. Um, well, because part of the time, I mean, the majority of the time you're asking me for the sake of just like, what, what can we help other people with? But you already know the answer. There's some things you've said, though, that I was, like, surprised by the answer. Or I wouldn't have uh, expected you to say that that thing. Um, so I, I've already mentioned we have three kids. What do you think are some of the keys to balancing that as a business owner couple who have kids? You know, like any advice you have for other owners who might have kids or be in the process of, of starting that with their, their spouse who's a business partner or, or their spouse just in general. Wow. She's like, whoa, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, th I mean, having kids as a gym owner is rough. Um, because I mean, for so many different reasons, but, um, you have to do a really good job of metering expectations. Ooh, good one. In regards to your own expectations for your children and the community's expectations of your children. Oh, okay. Um, so, and I, I don't know if that, I mean, I think that that is something that you as a couple, like as parents, um, and business owners have to be on the same page about in regards to what, what do we want the community to expect of our children right? and what should, should they expect from our children? And then what are our expectations for our children as whether they're just at the gym because they're gym rats because they're your kids or they're in the program. And right. we have a mix of both. Like we wish our sons would do more in the program, but they're boys and they're not interested in it right now. They have done it in the past and we're getting them into more tumbling stuff just because they need to be athletic. Yeah. Neither, are, neither are overly athletically inclined. Um, but our daughter is like full send. Yep. She's going to be a cheerleader um, and is a cheerleader in our program. So um, for us, I think it's really easy to be those parents that like push and push and push and push, push for excellence for her all the time. Um, but that's not healthy for her and it's right. not healthy for our relationship with her. And it's not healthy for our relationship with each other because it, it would be really hard to put that kind of pressure on each other and her all that all the time. Yep. And then additionally, making sure the community knows what our expectations of our children are so that when they are there in the gym, other parents feel comfortable helping us set those expectations right. for our children and manage those expectations 
because most of the time I'm out on the floor coaching their kids. Right. So do I expect them to help me with mine or do I want that help or do I want them to not be involved? Like, what does that look like? So I think that that is something that you, that's a part of the masterful juggling act of doing this. It's crazy. Of doing it. Like that is one more ball in the air. It's another piece of the puzzle that you have to manage. And because of we run our gym the way we run it and it is family first, my expectation is that everybody's parenting my kids just because I'm yeah. parenting their kids. Yeah. But knowing that threshold and knowing what that parenting looks like is different for every family. So as you talk about it, I'm like, we are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> for Psycho. doing this. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, you're talking about the expectations of the kids and I was going kind of a different direction, but thinking about, um, the fact that our daughter, um, you know, her, her team struggled a lot at the beginning this year and like her group, she's center, she's center point. And, I, and, and not cause we put her there, not cause we put her there. Um, I did not we weren't a part of that, that <laughs> um, but she was center point and she dropped at least one day every competition for the first and, like three to four events y'all it was rough and every single time i'm like the owner's kid is dropping center, point, center point and not being taken out of the stunt and not being taken out of the stunt and like what are people thinking what are people saying and you know so much of that is um i don't know uh psychosomatic is the wrong word but um like it's it's in your head right, right? Like, yeah, there might be someone talking smack. Sure, because people are rude. But overall, it's not a situation that was actually in reality, right? It was all in my head. It was all something that I was personally worried about and not necessarily real. Um, but that's what I was thinking of when I oh, was me thinking too. about like... 100%. When you were talking about expectations. Okay, it's like yeah. that community expectation of like, well your kid is in the routine, like they better be freaking good. Um, and for us, we've always really tried and we've always been on the same page of like, just cause we're the owners, just cause we're coaches doesn't mean we're going to be overly demanding of our kids. Cause we've all seen those kids who get in the car. And the first thing that comes out of their parents' mouths is every single thing they did wrong during practice. And, yelling and screaming at them and telling them they're horrible or why didn't you throw this skill or why didn't you work on that thing? And we've, we've seen the negative repercussions. Um, that said, I've absolutely been that parent driving home and being like, you're not going to do that. Like, and for me, it's generally revolves more around attitude, like an effort and effort, right? Like I don't, I don't care that you are, not being successful, I care that you're not trying. I care that you're goofing off. I care that you're not respecting your coaches. Um, and that is not going to fly, right? right. Um, but it's such a hard balance. It really is. Um, and it is, and Dan will, you know, three years from now get to experience mm. the lovely flavor of what I have right now. And that's that I'm not only the gym oh, owner yeah. and she's not only a gym owner's kid, but I um, ended up coming on as part way through the year as coaching staff for her team. And so I get the 
the great blend of being her coach on the floor while also being her mom at the gym and then trying to manage that relationship of, I mean, and I've straight up, she's nine years old and I've had the conversation with her multiple times this year and Dan's had to back me up a couple times of, I will not let our relationship as my mom and your daughter and you, my daughter, suffer because I am your coach and you are my athlete. But right now, as an athlete, you are not doing your job on the floor and that is making me, as your mom, disappointed in your decisions. And that is a rough spot to be in coaching your own kids. And I always said, like, I will try and avoid whatever level she's on just because I don't want to coach her. Right. But and then I was asked, like, halfway through the season, half, halfway through the season of me coaching her, are you going to coach that team again next year? Because um, she'll likely stay on the same level. Right. Um, and, and if she moves up a level, she's still on your team. On my team, right? Are you going to stay coaching that level um, if she is on that team? Because this is a mom that's kind of, you know, her and my daughter, are about, her daughter and my daughter are really good friends. So she had asked me, like, are you going to continue coaching that level? Because you said you didn't want to and you kind of were put in the position where you had to this year. So right. would you choose to do it again? And because she's been amazing at managing it and I have tried to be really, really consistent with my management of that and – Dan has stepped up when I couldn't manage it and supported me with her a couple times, I would choose to coach her again. I get the joy of coaching her when she's a teenager. (laughs) You're right. Which generally dads and teenage daughters always are just always getting along. Right. From what I hear. Um, So what I was getting at when I asked that question, which uh, your answers was phenomenal. Um, I was more thinking about like the business owner side, right? Like the, the reality is as much as we're on vacation and and it's phenomenal and we had a great time with our kids today on the same hand, we're outside on a deck. Our kids are inside watching shows and we're working, right? We're recording a podcast for one of our businesses. And, uh, that's one of the things that I think about frequently of, of how many times, you know, I come home and I'm like. I can't play with you guys tonight. I've got to go go up to the office because I need to record a podcast. I need to record a podcast or I need to the other night. I need to adjust the registration form on the website. So right. I need to do website stuff for the next hour. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, I know like for me, because I'm a workaholic, that can become a really easy crutch of like. You get home and you think about seeing your kids all day long and then you get home and you see them and you're like, okay, I got to go. I, got, I, I need to go back to work. I feel like I need to be working. Um, and you're missing out on those opportunities to be with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a struggle for any business owner. Yeah. I mean, um, for any entrepreneur, because you generally don't, as an entrepreneur or business owner, you, it, your day doesn't end when you clock out. Like when you physically leave the building, your day never ends. You're still trying to mentally conquer all of the things that need yeah. to be conquered before the next day but or it's by even the end of worse the week. Right. When both of your parents right. are the owners. I think, I mean, there, there's no perfect answer, you know, like everybody makes it work for them differently. Um, and I mean, the, I think the biggest thing, the biggest piece of advice I can give is make sure your kids know that you love them. You right. know, like it, it's while 
man. While having the time with them is obviously like super important and you want to create those shared memories and those moments so that when they look back and they're choosing to become parents, they invest in their kids. Like just setting that example is important for the next generation that comes, right? But when my kids are like, mom, you're always working or like, I feel like we don't play as much anymore because you're always working on stuff or you're always busy. And I mean, I, my full-time job, um, is really my kids and my, and the gym, but I, because I can't stop at that. I also run a high school program. So there is no off season, right? Like, I mean, there's no off season as a gym owner in general, but then I double my workload between really like July and March, um, which is like the majority of the year. Right. No big deal. (laughs) No big deal. So, um, I mean, and my kids feel it, you know, like they definitely, they definitely feel it. You get May and June. Yeah. (laughs) They get May and June. Um, I mean, July July and August are like part-time really, um, for the high school program. But, uh, knowing that when you're with them, you have to kind of like, my Devante is going to be so proud. You really have to full send those moments. Like you really have to say, we're going away for a week with our kids. And while we might do a couple things that are business related, I'm going to make sure I try and prioritize it to do it after I have something to bed or when wait, you know, like, can you take the kids and go make this amazing memory with them? But I do a couple hours of work and then I'll go make this amazing memory with them. And you kind of have to tag team it and know that the memories you make are going to be good enough that the kids are going to remember those um, versus looking back and saying, my parents were not there because they were always working. Um, But I also think it's important to know that we're raising a generation of kids that are so used to having everything just come to them very automatically, you know, like whether it be social media and instant gratification of streaming and that whole culture that has been created with streaming of like, I mean, we used to, I, I I used to get a TV guide, you know, like at my house, like, and if the show wasn't on, you didn't watch the show, you know, like I never saw the last episode of ghost writer and I still don't know. (laughs) Right. And you just, you don't, you just don't do that. Well now that's not, you know, and now food gets delivered to your door. So if you want it, you don't have to move like this culture of everything at me whenever I want it instantaneously that we're creating with technology is um, it's kind of a beast that I think we're going to pay the price for later. And I, I still am a traditionalist and I see the value in showing my kids that nothing comes without hard work. And so seeing the fact that while we might not spend every single night all together around the dinner table, eating family dinner, that, we work really hard for everything that they get to do and our love for them is shown in how hard we work to give them all the opportunities that we give them. Yeah. Whether it be in summer camps or sports or vacations or the insurmountable number of squishmallows my children have (laughs) or like whatever the thing, the thing of the month is, you know, like, they they don't have to necessarily really go without. And I never, 
never, ever, ever let them know that the things they're getting come from the fact that me and you work really hard for them to have those things. Right. And, you know, like making them know that and then creating that culture in the family of like, and now you have to work for stuff. And right. like, you know, they've seen us hustle. They've seen us grind. Right. Like they understand that things come from hard work. Right. And that, I mean, that's never going to change. We're just at a point where technology does so much for us that you don't see as many people doing that grind anymore um, because they do it in different ways. But I think it's still a very, very valid and important lesson for yep. the upcoming generations to see and learn. And I think that that is, I want my kids to look back and say, my parents worked their asses off. Sorry. I think my parents fair. worked their butts off so that we <laughs> could that's have still, that's still PG. I think. The opportunities we have. And although we had to sacrifice family dinner every once in a while, I know that they love me because of how hard they worked for me. Right. So, I mean, and I mean, that could be, you know, to a different person, that might be a different answer, but that's how I feel like we make it work as business owners and yeah, in our marriage with our kids. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't disagree at all. Um, I think that quality of time versus quantity of time is an absolutely valid thing to consider. Uh, I think that also though, you know, like from my perspective, it was really good when I got to the point where I was spending like l less than four nights a week at the gym or four nights a week at the gym instead of, right. I mean, there was that period of time where uh, I remember we did, we had three months straight where I didn't have a day off. Right. Like where I was at the gym coaching every single night. And if I wasn't at the gym coaching, I, we were traveling for a competition or we were at a competition, like every single day was working. And I mean, that wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't healthy for my relationship with the kids. Like right. none of that. And, and we had, we sat down and we like had that conversation of like next year, your That's teams changing. are going to practice on the same night. We're not doing this anymore. You're going to be home these nights. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's guys, it doesn't happen overnight. No, and you it, is, do it. it is, you have to be intentional about it. Like, I mean, we have been so intentional about it that like, obviously that was what step one, right. Was like managing Dan's schedule um because he's if he's at the gym every night then he's literally gone 18 of the 24 hours and yeah. we don't see him you yeah. know like literally he leaves before we get up and he comes home after the kids are in bed so they don't see him um so that was step one and we've got now gotten to the point and i need to do a better job about my high school schedule but we had a solid like six to eight months this last year where there was one night a week that god bless the youth sports schedule no one in our family had anything happening on a wednesday night and so we were just yeah. all home on wednesday night yeah and it was like it was awesome i, I couldn't believe it like it was crazy like and it does, I mean, as much as you want to make your entire gym schedule revolve around your marriage, like, it doesn't always work that way because you have other coaches that have other obligations and stuff. But, yep. like, it helps that I'm coaching Braley's team because then, obviously, she's on my same schedule. Yeah. But I also coach another team at our gym that's on a different schedule, you know? So, like, it was it, 
it kind of was a stroke of luck, but I can't say that it won't be something I work for in scheduling. No, I think we'll deliberately do it moving forward. Um, and yeah, God, the youth sports schedule. I don't understand. We've talked about this millions of times, it's but like, I don't, and I don't know if it's like this in other states, but other youth sports don't follow a schedule. Like we, like we practice, like if you get your practice schedule for our gym, that is your practice schedule for the season. And it does not change unless there is like an emergency or occasionally we'll call an extra practice here or there, right. but it's pretty rare even then. And man, like our son's football schedule would be like, Oh, Hey, we're ending an hour early tonight. Or, Oh, Hey, we're not practicing on Wednesday. We're practicing on Tuesday. Like it was just out of, and, and they'd give you 24 hours notice. Yeah. And, and I'm like, dude, I, it is I crazy. for second shift parents, like I'm really, I'm really the second shift. Like I work admin from home and like, but I have the ability owning a gym that I take my kids to school every day and I pick them up from school every day. Um, and I don't really start like my, I have to be physically present to work until when everybody else is normally getting off. And so them changing a schedule that I've built my entire schedule around to try and make sure my boys know that I'm prioritizing them and then changing it. I'm like, that doesn't work for me. Like he's not going to be there. <laughs> like, and yep. I expect him to play because you gave me five hours notice. Like yep. so I don't know if there's a lesson you. learned there for those of you out there listening and who may do that, that is a huge friction point for your clients. And huge I, I tell point. you what, if we were paying what we, what people have to pay for all-star cheer, and they were doing that to us, we wouldn't do it. It, it is no way. It is because it is only for a couple months. Like yeah. our son plays football for three months and it, and we pay like $500 for the three months. It's not even, or, or yeah, less. No, no um, it's like a $75 deposit. And if you return everything, you get that money back. And then yeah. on top, it's like 150 for the season. Yeah. It's nothing. Um, which is totally unfair to those coaches who work their butts off. Right. But, but it's, they're mainly volunteer. Um, which, is still crazy because they work their butts off but uh it's just don't do that (laughs) stick to a schedule respect people's time um well and on that same note and this is nothing having to do with our marriage but um or owning a business together but just like a quick soapbox moment if you say you're going to end your practice at a certain time end it end your practice at that time be respectful of your client's time Yes, I may or may not have wanted to, and I like my son's football coaches a lot, but more than once, like fight them because it was 30 minutes late ending practice and they're stand, they're sitting in a circle or standing in a circle talking and it is, it's Oregon. So it's 40 degrees and I'm standing out in the rain waiting for them to release this practice. Like, well, and and being, being a youth coach, you know, that nothing they're saying in that circle is so important or being assimilated that like they still need to be there. You know, you're like right. the kids aren't even they're not engaged. even paying attention. Like just end it. <laughs> and I know for sure our son is not paying attention. Um, like throwing grass over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a free spirit. Everyone, he's a free spirit. And we love him to death, but he is a free spirit. Um, so. That was like a total, total deviation. Total tangent. Total so, tangent. Sorry. And that's fine. Um, any, I, I, trying to bring things, wrap things up, because you guys could, we could record us talking all day long about all our ideas and thoughts. Um, any parting thoughts, words of wisdom, advice for people who own a business, own a gym with, uh, with their spouse? 
I mean, we kind of, I feel like this is like, you know, your conclusion, obviously, but, um, I don't have my conclusion set. I'm saying like, do you have any parting words? Like as we wrap it up, I just think that like being able to have very candid conversations and know that it's for the benefit of either the relationship or the business or both and not be not allowing yourself to take it personally right is probably the biggest piece of like takeaway i can give people and it's always going to be personal as much as you try and not make it personal because it's your marriage and it's the thing you spend the majority of your time doing um being your business and your marriage and so i think that it's really easy to go there and it's your default but having the personal discipline to like an introspectiveness to say this conversation needs to be for the benefit of moving forward, either as partners in our marriage or partners in our business or both. Um, and it's not about your personal feelings towards the situation is the best way to be successful and the hardest thing to do. Yeah. I think I agree with you. One of the things I was going to mention earlier that goes with that and like not taking things personal, but also like talking about things you had mentioned early on. Like the first thing you said is we never had to set a like a this is when we don't talk about our business This is when we don't talk about cheerleading. But it is also so important to set a time for this is when we talk about our business and like have business owner management meetings and like really be diligent, like meet weekly and set aside a time, one hour, two hour, three hour, whatever you need to like really sit down and talk about the business because it's so easy because you're always together and you're always talking and you're always kind of talking about the business to just have a continual ongoing conversation, but not have it be structured and have like a conclusion and like set to do's and set agendas and like those things. And if you don't set up those meetings, you'll find that you're like, well, we talk about the business all the time, but we don't really know what we're doing or what we have going right. on. And, and I know we did that like for the first probably four years, yeah. we kind of just flew by the seat of our pants and it wasn't well, really we're both operating in the benefit of the business. And like we throw stuff at each other, but it's not as productive as it could be. Cause there's no like, time where we sat down and said, this is what I'm doing. This is what you're doing. I'm holding you accountable. You're hurting me accountable. These are our deadlines. These are, this is how we're going to know we met our goal. This right. is how, you know, like yep. we didn't have that criteria or, uh, a platform to discuss that criteria right. and that stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, I agree that I think that while it's okay to not necessarily have lines of this is when we keep a personal versus professional, but making sure you do have time to be only professional and really talk about the business um, is super important. And it also makes it so you like take things. It gives you an opportunity to take things less personally, right? Like, okay, this is, I'm putting my business hat on. I'm going to work right now. Yeah. And I'm not sitting at the dinner table having this discussion. Um, Well, and keeping knowing, like we talked about, knowing what battles to fight and knowing what hills to die on. Um, in that same token, 
knowing when to bring up those really professionally, potentially heated conversations and knowing when not to bring them up is also important. Yep. Like not at the dinner table. (laughs) Not not on Christmas Eve at dinner, right? um, Not that we've ever done that, but. Not while you're lying in bed at night. You know, like (laughs) places that you want to keep a happy place. (laughs) You don't want to bring up a professionally heated topic I have something bad to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. I know you're about to go to sleep, but I really want to talk to you about this thing. Um, yeah, I I completely agree. Uh, well, I don't know the exact time. I think we've been going for maybe an hour or more. Um, so we'll see if this gets broken up into two parts. Uh, I'm not sure where we'll pause it and, and split it if we do. But for those of you that are listening, thank you for if you listen to the end. Thank you. Uh, for listening. Uh, if you're interested in any of the other products that Next Generation Gym Owners has, uh, make sure you visit nextgenownerscom sorry, um, and check out our website and check out some of the offerings that we have. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, let us know. Maybe we'll do another one. I do have uh, somewhat unadulterated access to uh, this wonderful human who has some really great advice uh, and it was a lot of fun. Tori, thank you. Even though you were somewhat held hostage and made to do this, um, I do appreciate you doing it for me and for all of our listeners. You're welcome. Um, So with that, everyone, we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Next Generation, Connecting People and Profits podcast. If you love this content, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and head over to our website to sign up for our emails with tips and tricks on how to grow your business.